Welcome back to the 66 Letters. Today, we will be looking at Joseph briefly as we then try to tackle the injustices that befall us. I won't pretend to know each person's circumstances, but what I can relate to is heartache and brokenness. A lot of times, that heartache happened from people who had intentions to hurt us. Joseph can certainly relate to that, but how do we move forward from these moments? That's what we're going to check out in this next episode of The 66 Letters. Father, there is so much we cannot make sense of. A lot of times the pain blinds us from seeing anything good or right, and our thoughts become clouded. As we talk on the subject of pain and enduring the torment that others bring upon us, please soften our hearts. Soften our hearts to receive your spirit and begin the tiny steps towards healing. So, about Joseph. I never like to assume that everyone knows the Bible, or even the stories of the Bible. Oftentimes, we, and I, can take for granted growing up in the church. We hear all of these stories of people like Noah, Moses, Joseph, and Abraham. I learned back in 2016 with a friend who had become a new believer as an adult that he didn't know these stories. Now, as I journey with my wife, I always ask if she is familiar with a particular story before I go into full diatribe of my thoughts on the matter. As such, I want to spend some time talking about Joseph, but cliff note style so that we aren't reading multiple chapters. Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob. Why was he the favorite son, AJ? Well, hey, I'm glad you asked. Joseph was the 12th son to Jacob and the first son from Jacob's favorite wife. Yes, two wives and Jacob chose a favorite. That, in and of itself, is a whole other story for another time. But, back to Joseph. Joseph knew he was the favorite, and it wasn't uncommon for him to saunter around letting his older brothers know that. One day, Jacob made Joseph a coat of many colors. Joseph bragged about it, of course. I mean, who wouldn't? A special coat, very colorful, made for you? No one else gets one? Later, Joseph is sent to go looking for his brothers. His brothers, already filled with envy and malice, decide to kill him. One brother intervenes in this situation, though, and so the brothers decide to sell him instead into slavery. Joseph is now in Egypt. Again, cliff notes. Joseph is assigned to Potiphar's house. Potiphar was a big dog. Potiphar's wife had issues with faithfulness and tried to seduce Joseph many times. Joseph every time refused. There actually came a point that she came on to him and he ran, not just from her, not just out of the room, but out of the house. Still though, she decides to accuse him of sexual inappropriateness and reports him to her husband. So now, Joseph is landed in prison. So Joseph, not only at this point, is in a foreign land, miles and miles away from his homeland. He's now in prison in that foreign land. And things get just a little bit worse for him. While in prison, he gets to be a trustee of the prison, meaning he had a little more clout than the other prisoners, a little more freedom, but he was still a prisoner. He helps interpret dreams to help free 
couple of men from prison and says, please remember me. The cook swears that he will. (laughs) Two years later, two years later, he finally remembers that he was supposed to remember. Meanwhile, Joseph is still chilling in prison. Cut to the chase, AJ. Okay, okay, I hear you. So, Joseph rises to second in command of Egypt, and his brothers come begging for food. He chooses forgiveness when he very well could have used his power to bring destruction to the lives of these men for their wrongdoing. However, he ends it with, What the enemy meant for evil, God has turned for good. Catch a breather for a moment. (sighs) Okay, so, what now? Do we just end with... Be like Joseph, and good luck. (laughs) Nope. First, I think there are some realizations that need to be brought to the forefront in order to have the light expose it. And by light, I mean big L light, as in the Holy Spirit, so that it will help us to understand where this is going. Concerning your pain, concerning your tragedies, your experiences, I'd like to read an an excerpt from the book I'm writing myself called Scars of Redemption. And here's how it goes. It has been my experience in life that no matter your background, there is a resounding common denominator among all humans that roam the earth. Brokenness. We are all broken. The guy that grew up in poverty, parents divorced multiple times and only heard the name Jesus Christ as it was shouted at him for making a mistake. The girl that grew up in a rich family, but daddy was always gone. Mommy was always flirting with the yoga instructor. And that young girl ends up being taken advantage of by her boyfriend because all she really wants is a feeling of love and acceptance. The siblings who grew up with both parents in the home, faithful to each other and faithful to drugs while never giving a care to their children. So those siblings grew up in the foster system, learned that nobody can be trusted Authority sucks, and only you can make something good in your life. Then, there is the person who has had the good life, like the rich young ruler, who will find that everything this world has to offer is still not enough. Another, excuse me, another common denominator among all humans that roam the earth is trying to make sense of pain. Pain, well, is a pain. Pain hurts, hurt, excuse me, hurts cause twisted perceptions of reality. A twisted perception of reality causes us to see the world through a lens only beknown to us. The lens unique to us causes us to have endless quandaries of life, God, people, and why our circumstances are the way they are. We want to make sense of pain. We want to know that all the pain we endured has a purpose. When pain seems to have no purpose, then we become desperate, irritable, and defensive. When we become desperate, irritable, and defensive, we get angry and isolated with a bitterness towards God and people that is unmerited to good, to the goodness that most people, and most assuredly, God can bring to our lives. In our anger, isolation, and resentment, we become skeptics of all good things believers of all bad things, and we live in a defensive survival mode that inhibits our ability to live life to its fullest. Oftentimes, we can lose our way, 
In our macho, I will never lose faith in God bravado, we don't want to admit that we do lose hope. We don't want to admit that the struggle broke us. We don't want to admit that for a moment, a time, or a season, that we doubted God and his ability to see us through. Life is hard. The world is a constant reminder that our hope should rest in Jesus and him alone. If we sit around waiting for the world to right our wrongs, we will be disappointed all of our lives. We've got to push past the temporary pain to be able to enjoy the eternal glory. Then, in chapter 1, I really, really emphasize you are not alone. So, now that you understand everyone hurts, everyone deals with being broken by someone or something, and that you're not alone, let's take a look at a few implications. We all encounter people in our life that bring unintended consequences to us. This can be family, whom we are already born into, family from mixed family units, friends that we acquire on our own, friends of friends who we get introduced to, and other people from other facets of life, such as work or church. Unfortunately, without any wrongdoing of our own, the other person decides to rain down injustice and pain upon our heart. What are you to do with this travesty? For me, I was born into one of the greatest adversities in my life. Both of my parents were abusive to me. They were physically abusive and emotionally abusive. To justify their abusive ways, they would twist scripture to suit their needs. I was also sexually assaulted a handful of times in my childhood by others outside of my family. Unknown to me, until I was an adult, anger was a fuel source of energy and motive for me, and it ruled me. Bitterness and rage followed me everywhere I went. To others, I became that person that brought unintended hurt and heartache to them. For y'all, you each know who instantly comes to mind when you begin to think of past or present relationships that, that, that cause you a lot of pain. And I, I'm not trying to bring that all up to cause you more pain, but to bring it to the forefront of your mind. This could be your parents, your siblings, your childhood best friend, a church member, a, a ministry partner, a coworker, or a lover, just, just to name a few. This certainly isn't an exhaustive list. The, the list could go on of potential people that have hurt you and who that person is that's coming to mind right now. And maybe even right now, just the memory begins to raise your anxiety. Or maybe worse, the urge to curl up fetal position is rushing upon you. Your heart rate is elevating. You're starting to feel really, really hot and flushed. Maybe your blood pressure is starting to increase and all you can think about is Hulk smash. Trust me, I've been in both places. So I totally empathize with you right now. But may I step in close and get a little personal with you. It took me a long time to realize this. And I need you to realize this. Because it's a lie. And I want to dispel lies. The truth is, 
You didn't deserve it. And I didn't deserve it. I'll repeat that. You did not deserve it. Whatever someone did to you, however you were abused, however you were hurt, whatever came your way, you don't deserve it. And you may, you may out loud say, well, of course I don't deserve it. But the thing is, is that in the subconscious, we can believe that maybe there was one thing, maybe just that one thing that actually did justify their actions and we believe that we deserve it. And in the tailspin of believing that we deserve that abuse, it sends us into a really dark place. So let me declare this to you again for a third time. You did not deserve it. However, it also does not give us license to walk around this life and project our issues onto others. For those who know me really well, I deal with anger almost every day. I really related to Dr. Banner in the first Avengers movie when he was told to get angry so he could hulk up. And his response was, that's the secret. I'm always angry. I share this. Listen, I share this not to give myself an excuse for bad behavior. But I share this to acknowledge we all have our own personal daily battles, our own way of coping with the hurt and the heartache. We all cope in different ways. And again, like I said previously, you're not alone. We all share in the struggle. So, what are you to do with it? Let me say first off, I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to excuse their behavior. I'm not asking you to change any boundaries that you may have put in place between you and that person or, or persons. I'm not asking you to re-engage in any relationship that is destructive by nature. Okay? I don't want you being drugged down further. And I'm not asking you to become BFFs again. Okay? So with that being said, what I do want to encourage you to do is I want to encourage you to forgive. I want you to forgive in your heart for your sake and move on. And let me say... Let me say this. Forgiveness does not mean trust. That's another lesson in and of itself that maybe one day I'll tackle. Sure, sure. The hurt remains. The runes run deep. The mourning occurs and reoccurs over and over again. I've been there. Even now to this day, despite all the healing that I've had, I still have flashbacks. I still have nightmares. But I want to encourage you and I want to encourage me to forgive and move on. I'm encouraging you to not let these moments rule your heart, but rather take the hurt, the pain, the sorrow, and the anger and put it at the foot of the cross and allow the spirit to produce godly fruit within you. As we talked about with Joseph, he was in a position to exact vengeance and no one would have questioned him. He could have done it, but instead he forgave and he moved on. I know you're hurting. I know it's heavy. And all of these injustices never will make sense. 
There will be some things this side of heaven that we will never understand. But I still encourage you, forgive. Forgive again. As much as Jesus said, 70 times 7. Continue to forgive. Release that hurt. Release that heartache. And turn to the Savior who understands every bit of that. Thank you for tuning in to The 66 Letters. I know today was a heavy episode, but people suffering and trying to make sense of it is something that weighs heavily on me as I hope to point all people to Christ. That's the whole point of the book, The Scars of Redemption. To know that there can be purpose to the pain. As always, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at a Stevenson. That's A-S-T-E-V-E-N-S-O-N at now. Get ready for the spelling or you can just check it out in the bio. A. Stevenson at Y-P-I-R-E-T-I-S-L-I-S-O-U-S dot O-R-G. I will catch you next week on the 66 letters.